Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and as usual, actually I own an apology to at ITHog Peter Jones. Um, and Peter, I sound mildly upbeat, um, but also there's an air of melancholy and that's because I almost died this week and um, I'm out of bed to do this. And I feel hashtag pray for Steve. Yeah, it's Tony Rice. Uh, and my medicine piece. Oh, yeah, um, in a bad way. And I only looked up the symptoms on Google, which would tell me, as anyone would say, that I was about to die. And this one time, Peter were correct. And um, it turned out I had severe dehydration, uh, which was fun. Um, my uncle collapsed of it before. Um, I was brought to hospital before when I was a baby. I had all that baby fat and then went to hospital dehydration, came back, you know, like Oliver from a Dickens novel. Um, but I deserve a bit of humble pie because I was taking the piss out of you. And now I have to, I would say, have a taste of my own medicine, but medicine would be very good for me right now. Oh, man. I don't know what to say. You don't want to stick to well. Stick to boot in get well, mate. I, I just, no, I just... <laughs> I hear your pain across the across the Twitter sphere, across the social media sphere. Hmm. See the way you see this is what's happening here. It's become a good cop, bad cop because I just take the piss out of you endlessly when you're sick, and when I'm sick, you just take the high road. That's because Pete, you are a classy guy. Um, and speaking of, we should really get onto this. Um, you know, Washington and Green Bay game. So the podcast, obviously, we usually do a breakdown. This is like a mixture of sort of the Washington recap. And also the Bears. Quick snap. Quick snap. You doing it, Pete? I'm doing it, Steve. Are you doing it? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Me and Pete. I've done it. You did it? You finished? <laughs> I did it. Yep. Me and Pete like to do it together. So, um, I don't know. Quick snap just gets me amped. Is anyone listening to me that I haven't contacted for many days because I've, I felt like I was in a bunker of hell? Um, would listen to this and think, well, he said, uh, doesn't sound sick to me. Um, but anyway, I digress. Can we talk about the fact that, and this is what I think is the main talking point of this Washington Redskins game. Um, can we talk about the fact that the Redskins have a player called Smallwood? <laughs> no? I have no comment. No comment on that. <laughs> you see, I knew you'd take the high road on that too. And also, can we talk briefly um, about this? Then he went to Tennessee to go out on his own and see what it was like to call plays and... Now here he is, 10-win season for the Green Bay Packineers. The Green Bay Packineers? Packineers. Did you hear that for the actual broadcast? I did. I did, yes. How does that happen, Peter? Can you please break down that analysis for me, please? Clearly they got a new franchise name this week. I, is that what I happens when you win so many games as a first-time head coach? Or I kind of like it, though. It's like swashbucklingly good. I think that's what happens when you eke out a win against a really poor team. Um, so look... And you know what? I haven't done this in a while. And I was contemplating whether to do it or not. And you know what? I think I'm just going to drop it because I think it, this is warranted. Let's get into Claim of the Week. Clown of the Week. So this game against uh, the Washington Redskins, against the Green Bay Packineers, it was alarming for a number of different reasons. We said it would be a two-touchdown game. It would be comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
and it didn't work out that way. And we can sort of, you know, we're not going to get too deep into it because people have probably read all that stuff by now. Um, but what I think is a real clownish behavior, Pete, if you don't mind me saying it, maybe you don't, don't agree, is that people have started to adopt identities online. Now, is that a new thing? No. But like, I'm not talking about that someone becomes Mr. Top Hat 74. What I'm talking about is, is that, it, you know, we can no longer talk about the Packers team objectively, right? You either have to fall into the camp of A, dogging the team, B, saying that you're not allowed to dog the team and you have to be positive, or C, saying that you're sick of one side or the other and then praising one small segment of the popular. You know what I mean? Like, you'll have some people saying, oh, well, I think X Twitter account is the only Twitter account because everyone else is crap because everyone else says this. And you're like, going, well, I guess you need to expose yourself then to more Twitter accounts. Or go to Twitter, go to the cog, go to settings, scroll down the bottom and delete your profile because that's the only <laughs> uh, solution. Pete, I don't know about you, but what I feel is, and especially from doing these podcasts and doing a play-by-play of the game and breaking down the good and the bad and discussing it objectively and, and trying to sort of sift through all the nonsense, and like my favourite quote of yours, amongst many, is that you're not as good as your best, you're not as bad as your worst. Like, why can't we just sift through the, you know, banality of some of these plays and the majesticness of some of them and just say what we see instead of having to identify as... Packers haters, Packers lovers, and if you're not one or the other, well, then you're a douche. I mean, why can't? Why is there no middle ground of objectivity here? Well, yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's an odd thing, and it's a it's a thing that goes far beyond the Green Bay Packers. It's um, <laughs> it's 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 a tendency, isn't it, to take one position or the other, and then to find all of the reasons for taking that position. Yeah. Um, rather than trying to be objective and and. You know, if you have a point of view, being able to back up that point of view, saying I feel that that this is the case because of X, Y, and Z, or that's the case because of A, B, and C, and and also saying, look, because I'm criticising this particular player about the way he's played on this particular play for these reasons, that doesn't mean I think he's crap. That doesn't mean I think we should be cutting him. That I'm just being objective about that particular play, and. And and the other way as well, you know, somebody makes a fantastic play and we're saying, yeah, he made a fantastic play because he did A, B and C. We're also not saying that he's the next, you know, Johnny Unitas or whatever, yeah. just by picking out one, picking out one play. And it's, I guess it's difficult. I think, I, I think that, I think, I guess there's been a tendency, social media, I guess, um, exponentially makes this worse because, when you start to take a position, you almost feel like you have to continue to take that position because because you've taken that position and 5,000 other people have seen you take that position and now you can't back down. And, and I think that's what I think that's what tends to happen. And yeah, it's important to be objective. It's not about taking a position for the sake of taking a position. It's yeah, you know, it's it's about saying this is what I see, and I feel. X, Y, and Z because of because of what I've seen on on that particular play or that group of plays. That doesn't mean I think so and so is great. That doesn't mean I think so and so is bad. It's just I'm saying what I'm saying what I see. Yeah, and that's I, I just hate it. I just I'm so sick of it, and it's such clownish behaviour to have to be a crusader from one side or the next. You know, like you sort of throw scorn on people who are thinking this team is better than you think it is, and you're like, oh, these people, you know, plastic fans that don't understand what they're talking about. 
you know, like the, the armchair experts. And then you have these other people who are just like, come on, guys, you know, we never thought we'd be here. So let's just not focus on anything and focus on the fact, you know, it's just like, all right, like you don't have to be one or the other. You can yeah. mishmash the two and maybe well, say what you see, catchphrase it. No, ab- absolutely. And I think the other thing, I think the other thing is that you have to, that we have to remember is that the 10 and 3 record as we stand today is a reflection of what's happened up to this point. So it's what's happened over the last 14 weeks. Mm. Um, and we can it's okay to celebrate being 10 and 3 whilst also saying um, we've been great up to this point but what we've seen over the last few weeks makes us really scared or worried about what's going to happen in the next three weeks those two positions are absolutely compatible you can be you can be you know in a celebratory position about where we are but also be worried about what's to come well I tell you what and this is uh, what do I know, right? Um, I'm an Irishman. Who cares? Like, you know, I'm a I'm a dancing leprechaun, spuddy eating green hat wearing shamrock. You're not, you're not dancing this week, though. Uh, no, I'm yeah, basically. So after this, going back to bed. So the thing is, um, here's here's what I see, and this is what I saw in the last game, and we can literally summarize this whole thing in you know a minute. What I see is a team that weren't expected to do very well. They have. It's to do with um a new coach. You know, revitalization, new culture in the locker room, uh, largely put down to the Zadarius and Preston Smith from what we see. Uh, some players stepping up, other players stepping up in different weeks, finding different ways to win each week. Sometimes it's ugly, sometimes it's great. Um, Devontae was out, we did great. Devontae came back, we do great, we don't do great, depending. Um, you know, there was times that they said that we went to Devontae too much. We looked at that game, I didn't agree with it, I thought that he didn't. I, I actually thought Devontae helped us because no one else was getting open. And then there's times where Aaron Rodgers goes to Devontae too much, um, which is also a valid point. Um, you know, I see NFL Network saying that when we use Aaron Jones, that's the key to our success. Look at the three losses. We didn't use him a lot in those three losses. Well, how about he got shut down in those three losses? Like, what was it? Did we not? Did we decide mm, we're not going to use him and then we just lost? No, they shut down the run. We had no play action and then other things contributed to that. Um you know, there's there's rumours about extracurricular activities. There's a lot more that goes into it than just going, hmm, what's the anomaly here? You know, like, and the yeah. thing is, is this is how I feel, right? Is go, it, and like Matt LaFleur says, it's 1-0 every week. And I think the Packers are definitely capable of doing that. Now, when it comes down to Aaron Rodgers and the people criticising him, um, he's fantastic. He can play rubbish. He can have certain games where he's crap. Uh, this game, he was criticised. He's not long off the back of a perfect passer rating. So he can put it together, he can not put it together, and he can also be criticised. Like you say, without being made a pariah, and for people to say, like, oh, it's, de- it's a decline. You know what I mean? It's such a singular mindset to sort of think that you have to sort of, you know, criticise somebody and then just stand behind the fact that you believe that they've lost something. Um, but when it comes to this Washington game, Pete, and I'm sorry, this is the last thing I'll say. When I watched this Washington game, um, what I saw was, is the Packers team got a little bit too comfortable. Um, we didn't hit on some big plays. There was some overthrows there. There was some sort of blatant misses. But there was also some absolutely fantastically designed plays. Aaron Jones looks like a revelation. He punished uh, Collins time and time again, um, which shows that he's he's a baller. Jimmy Graham, we got him going. Um, and some of the play design was just extremely clever. And we hit a couple of fourth downs as well, which showed ingenuity. And we won the game. So, I mean, I don't see what the big problem is. Yes, we could have been better and we should have expected to be better. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a bit of a wishy-washy in between all of these things. And it still makes each week for me pretty exciting to watch because this team can go off or it can be a little bit stagnant. But either way, 
we can limp to a win at the end of the day and we're 10 and 3 that's not being over optimistic it's just it is what it is are we as good as the saints and niners no are we going to get beaten in the playoffs potentially but you never know i mean the hope is still there and it's exciting stuff yeah no absolutely i think that's that's absolutely where we are and we often talk about you have to get in and once you're in who knows what happens because each game is an individual game in its own right and what you you know in that first round of the playoffs what you did in week 2 doesn't count for diddly squat anymore. Yeah. You know, what you did in week eight don't count for diddly squat anymore. It's what you do on that particular day. And I think that some of what we've seen in the last couple of weeks, yes, it does give us cause for concern when, when we're likely to come up against the Niners or the Saints or the Seahawks in in in, in the playoffs, God God willing. But that's not to say they can't beat those teams. On a one-off game, which is which is what it is, it's not to say that they can't they can't beat those teams. And I think you're absolutely right, Steve. I think what we're what we're seeing is a young team with certainly a new offensive system, an almost completely new coaching staff, struggling to put together, you know, a hundred percent of a whole game every week. And it does make it interesting because you never quite know what you're going to get. You know, this week we had a we had a strong running game. Aaron Jones was exceptional. The execution on the passing game wasn't so great, but the but the play calling and some of the scheming on on some of those passes were fantastic. And, and, and so, you know, the, the the long pass to Jimmy Graham that that, that you know Rogers overshot him by a yard or so. When you when you get to see that play and you get to see the route that that Jimmy Graham ran, um, you know, a deep post corner route, you know, and, and we've all been complaining about, about JG for the last two seasons, but boy, did he run an exceptional route and get open on that play. And, you know, you look at the blocking scheme on that play, how, um, you know, the whole of the offensive line blocked down to the left and they pulled Tonyan across the formation mm. to the, to the right. And Rogers rolled out to the right, so so Tonyan was out there as his personal protector, if you like. Very, 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 very clever play, and and so I think that even though it, it wasn't completely executed because it probably should have been a touchdown, um, that kind of thing, you know, gives you some good hope for the forthcoming weeks because you you're a you're a yard away on that play from that being a sixty yard score, and you know the fact that 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 they're able to scheme that play, run that play, get get JG open. Uh, yeah, that's quite that's quite encouraging. So so whilst there are things to be concerned about, you know it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' greatest game. Um, you know, and I'll be the first to say that uh, that I thought he really struck really struggled mm. Sunday. But like you say, we have to remember that just a few weeks ago he was having a game where he had a, a perfect passer rating. So, you know, we have to take all of those things into into consideration. It wasn't the score that we had all predicted. But then again, yeah, you know, 20 to 15, had they not scored on that on that drive and it was it was 20 to nine, that was an 11 point difference, which was pretty close to where most of us were thinking this game was going to be. And that touchdown, Pete, was amazing. That He's a it right-handed was. receiver, uh, Terry yeah. McLaren, which we mentioned in the earlier podcast. He's an absolute phenom. He caught it with, he bobbled it with his left hand and, and pulled it in. Amazing stuff. Yeah. And, and 
so it's a it's there's a little bit of a hodgepodge of all kinds of all kinds of stuff going going on here but the fact that they've consistently been able to pull out as you said earlier to pull out games in all different manners of of ways whether that's jumping out to an early lead whether that's you know end zone interceptions whether that's red zone stops whatever it might be um they found they found a way to do to get to get the job done and and um we just hope that that continues um you know coupled with one or two extra things that we saw from Mike Pett in this week we saw him send the safety blitz two or three times this week which we hadn't seen probably for most of the season you know i remember Adrian Amos coming through and getting a sack there was a couple of other occasions where he blitzed the safety and it you know he doesn't send the blitz very often so he's starting starting to do that um lining up um Zadaria Smith inside more often mm. than he had earlier in the season sending him through the a, a gap and so so, so, there's, so there's some some different stuff being in being introduced and um it's a win and we move and we move on yeah like there's some really promising stuff from the defense they started off blisteringly kenny clark and into the backfield looking like an animal uh Zedaria smith doing this really casual walkabout before the play yeah. uh takes off and, and that allowed him to be uncovered on some occasions um, yeah, I, I think that we disrupted them. We got to them very well. You know, there's there's some dirty stuff going out about um, from Darius guys to do with Savage and the fact that Savage targeted him. I don't see it. I mean, that looks like a, a pretty standard tackle to me. And it's you know, it, it's a pretty scurrilous accusation, Pete, isn't it? That he said that he knew about his knee ailment, which I, I, well, I just think in today's NFL that's nonsense. Because you, yeah. you can't tackle high. Yeah. Right. You can't. You can't even risk tackling almost at the chest level these days because if you get anywhere near the near the helmet a it's a 15 yard penalty and you run the risk of a targeting penalty and being thrown out of the game i feel bad for the guy i mean this is a guy who absolutely um, you know fantastic running back uh, was getting purchased there was one play actually and that's where they got their their first touchdown which was the running touchdown where they literally i, I think they ran it from like the the 20 25 yard line it was either peterson or guys just ran it the whole way and i think peterson went in for that spin and touchdown um, so that we're getting purchased on it. But if anyone wants to see an exact replica of that style of tackle, it's when Jimmy Graham got popped on one of his receptions. Um, again, and I remember, it's weird because it, it stood out to me before what happened with Guy. So I was like, Jesus, the way he hit him and Jimmy Graham had the technique to know to come to come off his feet a little bit to get popped into the air so that I wouldn't sort of hit his planting foot, um, which I found, oh, I wonder, do they are they conscious of that stuff? They obviously are it's to make sure that they, they get airborne as opposed to getting their, their foot stuck in the ground, um, which reminds me of the play um, that has gone around Twitter from Ben Fennell. Now, I think Ben Fennell is fantastic and I think his stuff alone is why I would subscribe to The Athletic. There's other great stuff on there. Not being, we're not being sponsored uh, to say this. I, I just, I think it's well worth it and you can always get deals. So, you know, around Christmas or Black Friday or Thanksgiving or whatever, there's always something. And I think someone said a trick is, is to um, sign up for the free trial and then go to cancel it and then they give you like 50% off. But uh, this one was free in the sense that Ben Fennell went into um, Aaron Rodgers and it was that tackle, Pete, you know, where Aaron Rodgers gets dragged down and he planted his foot um, and it looked like that he was potentially injured after the play. Yeah. And that's the thing that's whizzing around the internet and it was just so interesting to see how he highlighted that Um he had multiple wide receivers going in a direction that would have given him a play. There was two inbreakers from Gmo and Jimmy Graham. There was a deep post by Alan Lazard, and Aaron Rodgers held on to the ball too long. Now the thing is, is that's going around and it's sort of it's caused debate. It's it's clear to see it's facts. 
So uh, that was on Aaron Rodgers and Ben Fennell calls it out and said that's his job to sort of pick that thing out. But like we were talking about earlier, is I think that's in any way that's a positive because it really highlights to me of a very clever play design is that Aaron Rodgers who um, is lauded as one of the best in the game. His interception ratio this season is ridiculous as well, which again, someone has pulled in as a negative. But the thing is, the plays are there, Pete, aren't they, for Aaron Rodgers to make? I just wonder what you say as a coaching staff to a quarterback to especially of his caliber is it massaging an ego to get him to sort of like you know release the ball quicker um or do, do you think aaron would be as hard on himself looking at that and go oh okay i get you yeah i think it's a combination of those things i think yes there's a massage and of ego but i think that goes on with you know all of the top players to mm. to, to to a degree um i mean i i think you know that, that that's where you know, Lafleur's going to sit down with Rogers and say, "What did you see? Yeah. What did what did what did you see? Because you know, what I'm seeing is this, Aaron. You know, and 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 you know, this 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 plays, and I know the play you're talking about. This play is designed to key that free safety, and if the free safety steps up, you know, we're hitting Alan Lazard on the post, yeah, or the on on the post route behind behind him, and 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 you know, you have to. I I think. I think Aaron would be as hard on himself as anybody else would be, and I, and I think it's just a case of of Lafleur and and Rogers having that conversation. What did you see? Why did you not release the ball? Was there a reason that did you not see Lazar? Whatever it might be, I, you know, that's that's all they can do at this at this stage is di- is discuss it and say, you know, it was this or it was that, or yes, I made a bad I made a bad play, but I'm not going to make that bad play again. Um, and you move and you move onwards and I think that's all they can do yeah look and uh, the thing is as well you never know what the game plan is going into those things now it looks clear cut um, that it was a missed opportunity but maybe they said yeah. look um, you know they're, they're, they say that they're going to stack the box to stop the run if you don't see that well then run all over them because they're either going all in for the pass or the run. you know you never know and maybe he saw Greenfield and thought it's one of those opportunities I'm going to get to run this is from the Whatever you know, like who who knows? No, and it, you're right, absolutely right. And, and it may have been one of those one of those plays that they were going to come back to later in the game. They may have been running it to to to, to set something else up, or running it to actually let's let's see what happens when we line up in this formation and run these routes. Let's let's see what happens, and we'll come back to it later in the game. Hmm. So we're not not necessarily on this particular play this time around. We're not necessarily looking to pick up ten or fifteen or or a 70 yard touchdown we're more interested in seeing how they try and defend it and we'll come back to it yeah you, you just don't you just don't know yeah it's very it's very difficult to sort of get into the mindset um but i mean that's that's the washington game i guess it, it's been um analyzed to to dead out there there's people sort of going to either extremes but hopefully we've hit that somewhere up the middle have you any words left about the the washington game apart from the fact that Every single punt return we got was that was the longest one in the season for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> um, apart from that, is there anything send, else to say? Well, send that guy to the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think that I think we put the you know put the W in the box and we move on to this crucial game this coming week. Would that be the quick snaps analysis for the Bears, Pete? <laughs> We're doing it again. Um, so I guess, because what we do have, we do have um, a really exciting uh, Meet the Fan. Uh, and I'm going to introduce that in a very short while. But until then, uh, we're going to hit this Bears game. Pete, tell us the ramifications of this game and other NFC teams in order for us to try oh my- lock up a playoff spot. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, 
So the, the the Packers can can secure a playoff berth this week if they if they win and the Rams and the Rams lose to the Cowboys, or in fact if the Rams lose or tie with the Cowboys. So the, so that would be the perfect scenario to get that worrying about actually getting into the playoffs over and done with. Hmm. But this game becomes doubly crucial because there, there's lots of scenarios going into potentially into the last week of the season where the common opponents tiebreaker, which is the third or fourth tiebreaker down the, down the route could come into this, particularly with the Rams, if they keep winning and with the saints for a, for a playoff seeding, both of those two teams have played the bears already and beaten the bears. So, this game becomes kind of doubly crucial for the Packers to be able to get their second win against the Bears and and keep up pace on the common opponents tiebreaker with with those with those two teams. So it it kind of is worth a, a win and a bit if 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 you like in terms of in terms of where the Packers go from go from here. Um, I mean, it's a strange old season in terms of in terms of the playoffs because if the if the if the Rams keep if the Rams keep winning, it puts a lot of pressure on the on the Packers. To be honest, um, you know, the, then the Packers have got to win two of the two of the last three to guarantee getting into the playoffs. If the if the Rams keep winning, you know, the worst the worst scenario is the Rams the Rams win three and the Packers lose two, because um, that could could potentially knock the Packers out of the playoffs altogether. Yeah, which um, would send chills up any podcast listener. It's not going to happen, lads. Uh, so we're flawless in the division as it stands. Yes, um, we're right. one of maybe three or four teams, I think, uh, that have done it. Um, you know, we're blistering along um, at a rapid pace. You would imagine that we eke out the win against the Bears, who have seen recent success and kind of a surge. Um, and we've seen little dump-off passes from Drabisky being hailed as, you know, the best thing since Montana. Um, when really this is a weakened Bears squad, I would imagine, and they're about to be exposed, you would think, by this Mike Pettin defense. Um, does that mean from me saying that, Pete, that we lose on Sunday? So I, I've, I've been going a little bit back and forth on 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 how close this game's going to be. Um, so Roquan Smith, the Bears leading tackler, is out, which is which is good news for the for the Packers on on Sunday. So I. I think this is a game that will be close, but I think this is a game the Packers eat, eke out by by one score. Yeah, I, I think we probably have enough in the arsenal at this stage. It's unbelievable how healthy we've remained, um, to be honest. This late in the season, it's incredible. Um, and yeah, I think offensively, I think we've too much firm. Um, especially when you break down the film of this game, it's always good to have kind of a bit of a meh. Uh, game before you come up against one that's kind of important and again and i know this is quick snaps about the bears with that washington game it just really seemed like we were in second gear that we never even got going it was a game of two halves first half did well second half kind of stunk it up a little bit um yeah and i, I think the bears defense have have certainly shown to be completely mortal um in the last couple of weeks um and also i think we bring trubisky back to back to earth and give him a bit of an embarrassment um, in the game but it's incredible Pete isn't it that if we win out uh, well then we've got that um, you know first round playoff bye it's been a long time since then certainly first round playoff bye and not beyond the realms of possibility that they could yet get the number one seed they'd have to have 
some results go their way, but it's possible. Yeah, and it's mad, isn't it, that with the the way some of these games have gone, especially that Niners-Saints um, game, I mean, oh my God, talk about an absolute slobber knocker. Uh, there was just touchdowns and stuff flying all over the place. And how do I know that? Is because at the Dublin meetup, which we haven't actually mentioned, and we don't have time, um, it was uh, we had that on the other screen, and also had Drew Brees on the fantasy in uh, fantasy football. So there you go. Anyway, Pete, um, so you're going to make your prediction. It's going to be a close one. Are you talking field goal close or touchdown? I'm I'm, thi- I'm thinking yeah, I'm, I'm thinking something like Packers twenty three, Bears seventeen. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably go for something similar myself. I don't know. I have a I have a sneaky suspicion, just the way Lafleur says that when you score twenty points, you know you you can't help but think that you left a lot of points out there. I wonder does that apply to a better team in the Bears if we can call them that? And if so, then do we sort of get closer to the thirty plus mark? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, it's it's so difficult this season. Whether it's a you know two touchdown drubbing and we get off to a fast start, Aaron Rodgers gets the ball out quickly. Um, or whether it becomes just one of those slippery, slimy games. But I think we win it and we march on. So everyone keep an eye out for that Rams game. But Pete, I think we have to get on to um, our fan of the week. So I guess uh, we'll bid adieu to your fine self. So that's at IT Hedgehog on Twitter. And make sure you um, check out Pete's uh, tweets about playoff contentions and all the rest. It got pretty complicated, Pete, didn't it? I mean, you put it on Facebook and uh, it's yeah. right up there with, uh, you know, the collections of uh, Arthur Conan Doyle um, to read <laughs> as, through that as thing. I, as I typed it, Steve, I thought, actually, this is probably easier on a, on a graphic, but we'll we'll see after this week. Yeah, well, that's it. So uh, Pete's latest novel um, about the playoffs <laughs> is about to get shorter after uh, this game against the Bears. And for quick snaps this week... He's been Peter Jones, and on we go to Fan of the Week. Go, Pat, go. The Fan so here we go meet the fan is back and it's back for a very special reason so we do this every uh, once in a while it used to be more regular uh, but then we get sidetracked with this team as we blister uh, towards the playoffs but i'm very happy to bring on the podcast this week a man with like one of the most unique stories and this is the thing and this is why we had to get him on it's jazz Singh. this is the guy that you've probably already read about and if you haven't stay tuned because you're going to find out all about it this is the man who via india um, to to a degree uh, via England and then Australia and finds himself in Green Bay uh, and is endeavouring to go to now Jazz correct me if I'm wrong is it every Packers and Badgers game or is that just a loose um, goal here uh, you've hit the nail on the head mate yeah every uh, Packers and every Badgers game I've uh, since pre-season so I've done uh, yeah all 30 games so far uh, as we can all see, uh, Jazz is a lunatic. So Jazz, you are living <laughs> out. So everyone who listens to this podcast, uh, by and large, are um, Packers fans. We know Aaron Rodgers listens yep. to the podcast. That's face. But the thing is, is um, your your story is a bit of a wild one. But before we get on to what you're endeavouring to do now, I just want to find out a little bit about you because I'm an Irishman, right? And when it comes to accents, I'm fairly yep. savvy at spotting them. And I know that yours doesn't sound very Australasian. It sounds more English yep. to me. One, how does a guy find himself? Um, you know, in Australia, then to come over to Green Bay. What's what's your background? Because it does say on all of these profiles, if anyone wants to read them on the Green Bay Press Gazette, uh, that your family is from India. Is that first generation came to England uh, from India? Yeah. Yeah. What's the background there, man? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Punjab, so in uh, northern India. So mm. my uh, parents migrated in the 70s. And uh, I was born in uh, Peterborough, England, 1980. 
And at the age of 27, uh, I saw a job offer to go and teach in uh, Western Australia. So uh, I decided to start brewing myself and I've uh, been there for 11 years. Yeah. And so what made you go off to, it, it was just a job prospect. It wasn't nothing to do with the weather. Cause it just kind of, it does strike me that, you know, <laughs> you're in England, it's raining sideways. And then you look across and you see Australia thinking, cool, kangaroos, beaches, nice weather. Um, you know, it, it'd be more sort of, you know, closer to the, you know, lovely climate that your parents uh, would have seen. And then you decide to go to Green yeah. Bay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so just to clarify, in Perth today, it was 40 degrees. Now it's minus 21 in Green Bay at the moment. Quite a swing. I mean, <laughs> if you're the factor, all of that stuff into it. But come here, because I read in some of the profiles, um, and I'd love you to clear it up, I guess, in person. So the, the stories of you going to Green Bay for the first time, there wasn't a game on. Then you came back, was it the following year? And there was a game. Why did you go to Green Bay uh, in the first place? Yeah, so it was January 2013. So I'm a high school teacher in, in Australia. It's, uh, it's a better paid job compared to England. There's better conditions. So I uh, decided to have uh, go for lifestyle, climate, better quality of life. And uh, after the 2010 uh, Super Bowl, uh, I saw Green Bay had won it. And so uh, I saw the game and I saw this, uh, I looked up Green Bay and I saw this really small town a few hours north of Chicago. And I, how does such a small town have this amazing team that won a Super Bowl, has an iconic stadium? And then I, Vince Lombardi, Curly Lambeau, iconic history. It's 30 yeah. odd years to get uh, a, a season ticket. It's really hard to get uh, just a regular game ticket at face value. People from all over the world come to this town to see a game and it's like wow you know this is the kind of team i want to go for and had you been into nfl before you know spotting the the packers and the super bowl and all the rest the funny thing is uh after the 2010-11 ashes series after the sydney test match in january 2011 so cricket's my favorite sport uh in the I, in the cricket test i pass i follow england so <laughs> <laughs> i i love following around around the world and uh, watching cricket and uh so uh, after the S Sydney test in January 2011, I actually went to the US and I was in the US and the Packers were in the playoffs. So I was watching uh, games in bars around uh, America. And so I was mainly on the West Coast and uh, I was in New Orleans, New York. I just did a tour around the US for three weeks. Yeah. And before I went back to work, uh, I was following the Packers. When I got back uh, at the end of January and went back to work, the Packers made it through to the Super Bowl. So that's when my interest in uh, NFL really grew. Yeah, which is a, is a pretty common story. I mean, certainly uh, some people over here, they start supporting the Packers because they support Norwich and they have the sort of the green and yellow jerseys and it's sort of, you know, some people off the, the front of the video game. So it's amazing to see um, how people sort of fall into the game that way. So you come over, uh, the Packers aren't playing, and then you endeavor to come back over the year after. And you see that Vikings game there where they absolutely paced them, and then you kind of knew this is something you want to expose yourself to, right? Yeah, so January 2013, Packers not playing. And uh, it's uh, I did a short, I flew into Chicago, hired a car, and I went to Madison. Then I went to Green Bay, Milwaukee. It was a Wednesday night. I'll never forget this, mate. It was probably around minus 30. I didn't have the winter clothing <laughs> because obviously I'm living in Australia. I, think, yeah. I remember just having one coat and uh, one long T-shirt and then another T-shirt underneath. And it was nowhere enough. And I was just shivering, walking around. And I saw this bar and I just walked into the bar and the bartender said, uh, you know, where are you traveling from? I said, I, you know, I'm on a trip from Australia. And he says, why are you here? Because... Uh, I just want to see Lambo, and he said, uh, "Do you want to go ice fishing tomorrow?" So, 
yeah, meet this guy in a, in a service station in the middle of nowhere, half an hour outside Green Bay, and he took me ice fishing, and he gave me the clothing. Uh, we let, we got some uh, beers and burgers. We, I was going to say, I hope he clothed you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We drilled a hole, so you have to drill, like, uh, like you drill a hole in the ice, and then I'm thinking, what about if the ice cracks and I fall in and I die? But anyway, <laughs> uh, that didn't happen. Uh, caught some fish, made a friend for life, and... Uh, and just uh, I, he introduced me to his friends. We met some random people and they just loved the fact that I was there because I wanted to see Lambo. And uh, I did the Lambo tour uh, later uh, that day and uh, just fell in love with the place. And, uh, you know, I just thought this is just one of the best stadiums in the world. So and then the following year, during the spring school holidays. So we get two weeks, end of September, early October, uh, Thursday night game, a Packers Vikings 4210. Uh I was in my friend's bar and uh, he wasn't able to tailgate with me because obviously he was running his bar and he put me in touch with his uh, uh, good mate who's a CEO of the Green Bay Tourism Bureau, Visitors Bureau. And uh, he said in 2007 or so, this guy called Wayne Scalino from uh, Sydney, Australia, sold his house and moved his wife and two kids to Green Bay for a season. And I just <laughs> heard this story and I was like, you know, I, I can do this. I'm, I, you know, I, this is amazing. You know, I want to do this. You know, I'm a single guy. Uh, no wife, no kids, no commitments. Uh, went back to Perth, uh, spoke to my boss. I went on a deferred salary scheme. So I worked four years, 80% pay. Mm. So uh, for four years, the government took uh, 20% of my pay and put it into a fund. And then for the last year, I've been uh, off work on uh, 80% pay and that's been funding my travels. Absolutely living the dream. So first off, I think that yeah. phrase is fantastic. Catch a fish, make a friend for life. That's a tattoo. I'm sure that you're going to get <laughs> up some stage. Um, and then also, yeah. I'm, I'm glad the challenge thing that they told you about was the guy moving his family to Green Bay for the year and not some guy looking to streak across every stadium in America because I'm glad that wasn't your cause. You know, that you're like, he streaked across every stadium. I'm going to streak across every stadium, get myself a nice pair of underpants. But the thing is, uh, yeah. so Jazz, that sort of explains how you got some of the cash. But does that cover the whole cost of what you're trying to do this sort of you know 20 percent salary for four years to give you 80 percent how are you finding that aspect of things now that you're trying this challenge yeah well i was in south america for six months backpacking so i was able to uh, i wasn't I, I actually saved some money for my earnings because obviously it's so much cheaper there like you know 50 pounds like 70 odd dollars you're a king for you know for a day and uh, obviously uh, you it's a lot more expensive in the US and uh, I, I had some savings. Uh, I ran a DJing business on the side, so I was able to save some money. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I moved into, I was living in a flashy apartment. I moved into a cheaper uh, unit in the suburbs with a friend. So that uh, saved me money. I didn't upgrade my car. And so, you know, I cut back on expenses as well. So I was able to save more, more money. And uh, especially over the last few weeks and coming up now over into the, Christmas New Year I'm gonna to have to use some of that money yeah definitely yeah because that's one of the things that we find you know because we do an annual trip every year over to Green Bay and it's always a massive expense uh, to try to get over there so when it comes to game tickets then I mean how do you handle that aspect because that's usually one of the big uh, sort of cost expenses for us yeah I've been so lucky mate because uh, since uh, because of the uh, publicity because of the media coverage like uh, people have reached out with me tickets tailgates place stay in Green Bay around America, dinner, drinks. So I've become like a DRE list celebrity in the <laughs> Northeast Wisconsin area. 
<laughs> yeah, if they do sort of an I'm a celeb uh, Wisconsin version where it's just a bunch of people freezing their arse <laughs> off on a big block of ice, I mean, you're right there, Jazz. I mean, you're definitely up there uh, to get the big bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, you're a guy then who's really lived the life of, you know, the craziness of moving over for a full year. What would you say are the main points um, about, because everyone always looks like, what do you do in Green Bay? What is there to do? What's their people like? What's the atmosphere like? What's the weather like? What would How would you sum up yeah, Green Bay? The, the, the people are fantastic here. Like uh, on uh, Sunday, I was leaving one of the local bars after the uh, uh, Redskins game. And uh, I saw a, a woman with a British flag and uh, on her shoulder and uh, and a guy and I went up to them and uh, a couple from uh, Farnborough and uh, <laughs> I took them to some couple of dive bars and I was they were just asking me lots of questions about my experience and how I'm getting on I you know uh, they'd only been there for a couple of days and they they were just saying you know what, what I've been saying my experience from the last few years the people are just fantastic they're really interested in someone that takes an interest in the area in the sports team and they really embrace you and uh and, and Wisconsin fans are known as being really uh, hospitable and mm. uh, really generous. And I've, lots of people come to Lambeau and come to Madison for Badgers games, even if their teams aren't great, just experience that. Yeah, that's certainly what we see as well. I mean, the last number of years we've stayed with friends that we've met over there and certainly friends that we'd say that we had for life. Now, what I can imagine is, is that if you're going to every Badgers and every Packers game, we're talking about away games as well, right? You must have some pretty wild, hairy travel experiences to try and actually manage the itinerary to get to these games, do you not? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, when, when the uh, Packers itinerary came out, the Badgers itinerary was or, already out. And I was in uh, Patagonia on a tour around uh, Argentina and Chile, and I was on a campsite. And I put the two together, and it took me four hours to plan the first uh, itinerary. So that was the, the to, that was the uh, four regular uh, preseason uh, uh, Packers, sixteen regular season uh, pa- Packers, and then uh, twelve regular season Badgers, mm. and then uh, basically since then it's just been hours, you know, a couple of hours every week uh, organizing uh, tickets, uh, trying to organize accommodation through some contacts uh, through. Uh, the couch surfing app so where you can stay with people and crash on their couches or in this in this spare room for for free and then uh, airbnbs and uh yeah and then uh, people reaching out for tickets and uh it's 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 enjoyable it's also stressful as well so as you can imagine is that what you expected it was going to be I honestly didn't think it would blow up so big and people would reach out to me. I've, I honestly thought it would cost me a lot more money. I've been to 30 games and I think I've paid just under a $1,000. <laughs> and so, that, that's, yeah. that's for that's probably for game tickets, though, right? Are you, you're not talking about plane yeah. tickets and travel as well, are you? No, I mean, no, I'm just, talking, I'm just talking about game day tickets. And yeah. If I hadn't known anyone, it would have cost a lot, lot more. And then uh, with uh, plane tickets, I booked lots of tickets in advance. I hmm. used my frequent flyer points with Qantas, yeah. uh, who are in the One World Alliance with American Airlines. So I was able to get lots of uh, uh, flights for nothing using points. And then uh, when uh, if there's only a few hours between places, I've been using Greyhound rather than uh, uh, flights. And that's uh, the coach. And that saved me money. And uh, I was lucky I had uh, friends from because I've been coming to Green Bay for the last five years and going to a game every year. So I'm, I was able to build up my networks like yourself when you come here regularly. Yeah. And uh, I had friends who sold me an old car at really cheap, and I registered the car. And so I've been, uh, and it's a good car and I've been getting around. 
Although these icy roads, mate, and snowy roads, it's really <laughs> difficult driving conditions. Yeah, yeah, you really want to trade that car in and get a pair of skis. Um, so look, yeah, yeah. Jazz, we're at week 14. I mean, is this doable? I mean, you've got, you've got so far. Are you still on track to, to get this all done? Yeah, well, the, the hardest part of the season is actually over now because the, the, the regular season college games are over now. So mm. the, the last game was on uh, Saturday night, and that was in Indianapolis. And that was a night game against the Ohio State Buckeyes. And unfortunately, the Badgers uh, were 21-7 at halftime. And uh, unfortunately, it was a second-hand capitulation, yeah. like it was against them, uh, the Buckeyes on my birthday at the Horseshoe. And we weren't able to get the job done. Then after the game, me and my friend, we drove back to Green Bay. So we left at midnight. I drove uh, three hours to Chicago. Then I, I fell asleep in the back and we woke up in Green Bay and we got back at five in the morning. And then I was uh, four hours later, I was pouring Shotsky back a lot one. <laughs> So oh, well, that was the hardest, yeah, the hardest part of the season's over because the Saturday, Sunday games, you know, there was a couple of games where the 49ers games, I was in Purdue, uh, against Purdue, the Badgers were playing in Madison on the Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, I got up at five o'clock in the morning to fly several hours for that capitulation against the 49ers. So sometimes when the results are more difficult than the travel, you think I've spent all this time, money and effort to go to the other side of the country. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, but, you know, great seasons for both teams. You know, Badgers finished 10 and 3. Packers are currently 10 and 3. You know, I couldn't ask for any more. When I did my first interview with the Green Bay Press Gazette back in August, they said, what were your hopes? I said, look, it's a young team. It's a young coach for the Packers. I'm just hoping for a winning season after the last couple of years and to be 10 and 3. And, you know, lots of people still complain about performances, but you know, I'm really happy. And uh, I honestly thought, uh, I would be flying after New Year's after New Year's Day. I'd be flying to Cape Town to watch the England cricket team play the last three te uh, test matches in South Africa. Yeah. But now it's looking like you know I might not even see any test matches in South Africa. And I don't. You know, I'd rather stay in Green Bay and watch the Packers continue in their playoffs and you know hopefully into February rather than uh, uh, watching cricket in the sun, which you know sounds crazy, but. That's yeah. how much I've embraced the football here. And what's what's next for you? I mean, is there any chance that you would sort of see this uh, or Green Bay is more of a home to you? Or is this just the end of a pretty crazy adventure and on to the next one? Yeah, just the end of adventure, mate. Like, uh, it's it's difficult for me as a high school teacher to get a job here. It would be a cut in pay and it would be cut in conditions. So it's, it's, it's nice being a tourist here and being able to go to all the games. But, uh, I've you know, I've been working at high school. I've seen like the lifestyle of some of the teachers, uh, you know, I personally think if I moved from Western Australia to Green Bay, it would be going backwards in that respect. You know, I wouldn't be able to go to all the games and do all the traveling on the salary. And, you know, and then obviously uh, uh, with all the costs of uh, living here as well, for example, certain things like healthcare. Yeah. So uh, the plan is after the last Packers game to go to Africa and maybe see a game of cricket and if not do some uh, safaris and then go and see my family in India and then uh, go and watch some cricket in Sri Lanka. So the England cricket team are in Sri Lanka in uh, middle of March. Then I've got a cousin's 21st in England and then go to Central America for a couple of months and <laughs> I don't have to go back to work until the 20th of July. So I left work on the 14th of December last year. Hmm. So, uh, and I don't get back to 20th July. So it'd be 19 months off. So it will be a difficult transition uh, going back to work in the middle of the school year in, in, in the winter of Australia and after so much time off. But, you know, the, the friendships I've made and uh, the, uh, you, saw, uh, you guys uh, came to Lot 1 
Mm. saw uh, how friendly everyone is and those friendships will last forever and I'll be able to come back to Green Bay every year and I'll have a reunion and so many people will come and want to hang out and invite me to the tailgate so yeah, it was a great. It's been a great life experience. Incredible story, um, and it certainly seems like uh, in life you really do grab it by um, the cricket balls. Um, is there any reason, I guess, as a, <laughs> a sort of a parting shot, Jazz? You know, were you always this adventurous? Or is this just something that you sort of decided life is too short? I'm just going to do it. Look, I, I've always been like a traveller. So we in Australia, we get two weeks April school holidays, two weeks winter in July, two weeks spring, end of September, early October. And then summer is middle of December, coming up soon to the end of January. And I've always used that time to travel. So I've spent most of my time uh, live traveling. And I've always enjoyed traveling. And I I was looking for, uh, you know, an extra special adventure. And I was just inspired, like I said, when I heard about the guy from Australia who who came here. And I decided to go an extra mile and thought, okay, I want to do both the NFL team of Wisconsin and the college team of Wisconsin. And it's just... uh, when you bump into people you tell them the story they recognize you they they just think how great it is they want to shake your hand they want to buy you di- uh dinner or drink or they want to invite you to their homes they want you to uh come to their tailgate and they don't expect anything in return most of the time and they're just ha- happy to know you and you can mix with rival fans most of the time the only t- a couple of times when i had problems was when i was in chicago for the opening game yeah. we won 10 free and the bears were expected to beat us in the nfl opener and we won and the guy who donated the ticket and i was sitting next to he was in his full game day outfit i was in my <laughs> uh, game day outfit and we was having stuff thrown at us we were being yeah. heckled we were being abused uh, and that that was you know borderline nasty and then in minnesota again because we won the axe we prevented them getting to the big 10 final which they were expected to get into the buckeyes there was a couple of things said but it's uh like i said in one of my interviews it's uh you wouldn't get the tailgating experience in Australia because we don't have the population. And the and Australia is very, very, very regulated when it comes to alcohol. And they're very strict. And uh, any British backpacker or British person st- living in Australia will say it's far too strict. And it is. And in England, the pro- on Europe, the problem is with hooliganism. You, you wouldn't get Man United and Man City fans in a designated zone drinking before the game for a few hours and then drinking in the stadium without segregation then afterwards. So uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, and, and the, the British couple who I met at the weekend, they were saying that they, they were amazed how it worked. The fact that, you know, it was 99% fine. Yeah. And you, you guys must have noticed that as well. You know, I was serving Shotsky to Raider fans before you guys. Yeah. And I had to get them out of the way because you guys came along. <laughs> and I have to apologize. I have to apologize to the, the guy who I didn't think was with you guys. And I asked for money. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't know, what's his name? <laughs> That's Jason. Um, and I understood yeah, why, because yeah. we're all Irish. So, we're, we, you know, yeah. you sort of assume leprechaun. And this guy was at least seven foot four. So that makes yeah. a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make sense. But listen, Jazz, it's an absolutely fantastic story. Um, I'm sure people are riveted out there. But uh, finally, do you want to tell us uh, how can we find you on social media? And uh, you have a website also, if you can give people that. And do you need help in any way? Or what would you like people to do and reach out to you? Yeah, so just look, if people just want to contact me and would like to meet up or if there's any, uh, you know, tickets for the remaining games of the season uh, in uh, against the Bears or in Minneapolis or uh, Detroit. And... uh, 
or is they going to the Rose Bowl uh, in uh, Pasadena in California yeah. on New Year's Day? I'll be going to all those games, so it'd be great to meet up. Or if you, you know, it'd be amazing if you have a ticket. So my website is PackersSuperfanJazz.com. My Twitter is at PackerFanJazz, and then uh, my Instagram is PackersSuperfanJazz. And on Facebook, you can just reach me on Jazz Sing uh, Green Bay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate everyone that's reached out to me and it's been an unbelievable journey. So I couldn't ask for anything more. Well, there you go. Uh, there's a uh, Packer super fan, Jazz Singh, uh, which is a very musical, fantastic name, by the way. And uh, we'll yeah. be tagging Jazz uh, when the podcast goes out anyway. So if anyone wants to reach out to Jazz and find out more about his story and just follow your adventure, uh, by all means, um, it's always a good follow. So from myself, at NFL on Twitter and follow the group at UK Packers and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook there as well. And um, that's it for this week. 